Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we are back. Welcome back, everyone. It is Monday, June 22nd, and there's a lot going on in the world, as all of you know, and our primary focus is, always will be, helping you guys stay in action no matter what other things are going on around the world, no matter what's in the news, who's the president, what the political this is and the other things are. And uh, I've received a number of emails from you guys um, and texts. A lot of you text uh, Julie and I directly, which is great, thanking us for giving you direction on maybe behavioral best practices um, in this really turbulent times of a lot of you know social unrest and all the rest of it. Some of you guys are feeling between uh, a rock and a hard place as to how, you know, are you supposed to be taking some sort of political stance on the social issues? Are you supposed to? No, the answer is no. You guys should absolutely be neutral and remember your whole mission as a professional is to be of service to other people. You do not have to take a political stance or a political leaning or, you know, fly any particular flag in order for you to basically be of service to other people. And Oftentimes, that's actually going to work against your mission, which is helping other people and helping yourself in your business. So I want you to, I appreciate the fact that all of you guys are in agreement with our stance or vast majority of you. There were a couple of dissenters who were hoping that we'd somehow take a, you know, you were trying to influence you, influence Julie and I to your political leanings. It's not that we didn't appreciate what your intention was, or even frankly, appreciate what your political stance was. It's just, in our humble opinion, it's not appropriate uh, from a professional's perspective. So we're doing our best to basically give you guys an out so you don't have to essentially be politicized. Julie? That's right. So it's your job to, yes, know what's going on in the world with regards to how it affects you, your family, and your clients. You can know what's going on without having to participate in all of it. Okay, Your job is to participate in your business and your life. Okay, so today's big news story, uh, lots of different places covering this, is Manhattan is finally opening back up. Today is the first day that brokers there have been able to show anything. Uh, Manhattan real estate prices could drop as much as 10% this year as New York City attempts to reopen. Now, keep in mind that this is a big story because New York City is the largest real estate market in the whole country. You want to talk about volume, monthly, historically, New York City uh, trades about $2 billion per month. So they've been locked down for 90 days. That's $6 billion that they're already behind, and they've been in a buyer's market since 2016. So this is a big story. And remember, we've been reporting since that CoreLogic report came out that uh, by this time next year or even earlier, they're reporting that if you average everybody together, we'll be down by 1% to 2%. But remember, that's an average, and places like Manhattan may come down significantly more than that. So that's the story right now. And, and this report got into great detail. They said that between one and two million properties should be able to come back. There's a lot of demand for that. That's going to be affected the least 
5 million and up is going to be affected the most. And that includes a lot of new construction towers. When she says affected, she means basically the sweet spot in Manhattan is something for less than $2 million. Yeah. And she means the stuff that's over $5 million is basically, you know, walking zombie houses that aren't going to ever sell. Thousands of days on the market. Right. Thousands. And the, and the same thing happens in Miami and same thing happens. And just so I know, Julie and I are from Columbus, Ohio, and we throw these numbers around. Our average sale price for a long time, we sold real estate was like $250, 275 I was going to say $5. And then we, then we ratcheted it up to yeah. close to a million. So, you know, I realize most of you listening are baffled by these big numbers, but the reality of it is, is if you're living in New York City and if you want to have a house that's suitable for your family in a safe place that's near schools and parks and whatnot, you're spending two million bucks. And even at that, there's going to, it's going to be full of compromises. That's right. And a $5 million purchase is going to be more aspirational. So in you know, the coastal areas of the world and of the United States, and you know, $2 million bucks is basically what it takes to have a safe house. Which yeah, is, that's right. They said for any kind of livable square footage, you're looking at $2,500 a square foot. Yeah. Not two fifty, twenty five hundred dollars a right. square foot. So it's an expensive market. But it's something that the world is watching. So you know, everybody's reporting on that. And I, I did search, you know... There's a lot of, you know, dramatic, tough news about the economy, and I always try to look for some good things. So here's my good part. Uh, Gilead to begin human trials for the inhaled version of the coronavirus drug Remdesivir. Uh, Good job. (laughs) I've been trying to pronounce that. Uh, So why is this news? Because being that it's inhaled, it's easier to deliver, and it can't be administrated in a pill because its chemical makeup messes up the liver. So I thought to myself, I'm glad somebody knows that. That's good. (laughs) Right? So again, that's, uh, they're already in trials for that. Okay, so next. It is, it is worth mentioning, though, that the coronavirus in different markets is obviously starting to make a comeback. It looks like there's going to be second waves that are happening in different parts yeah. of the world. What it does not appear is going to happen, at least in the United States, on, a, on the same scale as it does not appear there's going to be any sort of more uniform uh, reaction from the federal government. I don't think there's going to, it does not, it, there's no indication there's going to be some sort of you know national shutdown if there is a return. And there'll be most likely maybe regional shutdowns, or at least there'll be like New York or City, for example. Or, right. You know. So, I mean, who knows? But just monitor it because it's relevant. Because if you're selling in an area that was hypervigilant or is hypervigilant now, um, you know, where people are going to the extremes to follow, you know, they're walking around with masks on outside, which technically you don't even have to do. But if that's what they're doing, you could pretty much be resting assured that if there's any sort of meaningful uptick in the number of new virus cases, they're probably going to flip right back to the stance of shutting things down. And if you're selling real estate in that particular market, you better be very mindful of which direction those, um, you know, the the winds (laughs) in the literal sense are, are headed. Well, I had a coaching client last week. You know, the Kenmore's in eastern Washington state. Their their state was ready to be phase two. They had an uptick in cases. They decided to stay in phase one longer. What's phase one mean? You're not supposed to be going to your office, things like that. So it, this is going to be very uh, local. But this, but this is what we're going to be living in. This back yeah, and forth, what's happening? You know, what's your air. governor going to do? Right. Sure. This is how it's going to be for the until there's a you know essentially a, yeah. a viable therapy. So this it's so interesting to think, Julie. Even back to what early March, just the very this very topic of it was seems so bizarre, and now it's not even six months later. You know, ninety days later, and we all just gotten so used to saying, yeah, well, there's a hot spot, and now they're going to do quarantines I know. Isn't it again. How quickly we've adapted yes which you know i think that's a good thing um now these next two stories i i shared with you because you know we're very we're cautiously and temporarily very optimistic because the demand is so high and because inventory is so low one of my coaching clients i spoke with today had like 25 people at her open houses she's expecting maybe 10 offers it's good and sold 
But she said one of the things that's happening is they're having, because of the COVID restrictions, they have to form a line outside of the open house and six feet away. And she said, you know, add some rain to that. She had her husband put up a pop-up tent to protect people. Agents were bringing people, getting mad that they had to wait. I mean, this this is all real. Okay, so I get that. And, and multiple offers and all the rest and over list. But at the same time, we have to be mindful of the facts. U.S. faces, quote, avalanche of evictions as rent protections expire. Okay, so this was a CNN story. They're talking about that renters in 42 states in Washington, D.C. have received protection, but that's starting to run out now. And we don't know if that's going to extend or not. Uh, Next to that is this Zero Hedge um, report that says 30%, which is a staggering figure, 30% of Americans did not make their housing payment in June. Okay, so this this forbearance thing continues to be the story. When Was is it that really? I have thirty percent. Holy crap! Yeah. Now, so, of course, that would be I. Oh, this is from apartment list. Yeah, that's actually a good source. We've used their information before. Yeah. Uh, that's really amazing. So thirty percent of people. Now, keeping in mind, it's not thirty percent of homeowners. It's thirty percent of people with a mortgage. Right. That's right. Right. And I think, if I yes, remember correctly, people with the paid off aren't going to be in forbearance. And something like fifty percent of all homes in the United States are paid off. Something like that. It is a very surprising amount. Now, and and nobody's reporting on you know our property taxes also falling behind. These yeah. are all trailing stories. Um, so how is that going to affect both these stories, uh, the apartment list story, the zero hedge story, and the CNN story? All of that uh, data they concluded spells a housing adjustment. Uh, adjustment, air quotes. Uh, yes. You missed Julie's air quotes. And so going back to the article that was from CoreLogic, and you got one of your numbers wrong, they predicted an overall reduction in home value by 2%. And then the second thing you said, you were correct. In some cases, it's going to be significantly yeah, higher. Like Manhattan was there. Yeah, Manhattan, but also you're going to see slowdowns across the country because the nature of essentially this readjustment that's happening. All these government bailouts and all these different, like, you know, uh, foreclosure, I'm sorry, uh, eviction moratoriums and all these forbearance programs and all this stuff has, you know, PPP even, EIDL loans has just caused everything to essentially uh, kick the can down the road in hopes that maybe by the time all these things expire, there's going to be some sort of miraculous recovery to the you know the economy on a whole. And look, guess what? Julie and I are definitely holding out for that. We're hoping yeah. and praying. That's what you know. We we coined the phrase. You know, 2020 will hopefully be remembered as the year of miracles. We are still optimistic that there can be a cure for the virus. That there can be some sort of meaningful sure. recovery. That people won't you know this time next year be dealing with uh, essentially a lot of financial hardship. But the reality of it is, the numbers point to the fact that we are going to be in a completely different economy in a different housing market next year and we are definite definite ad- advocates of hoping for the best but preparing for the worst what most people do is they do a lot of hoping but no preparing so we are begging all of you to not wait to see if we are right act as if we are right that way you're over prepared going to the future now the problem that you might run into mentally and emotionally is if you stop start operating out of fear what happens is you're going to let it go too far and then you're going to start stop taking action in preparation for you know some big gloomy martian invasion right so you're actually going to stop doing the very things that you should have been doing and preparing preparing isn't sitting around and waiting and watching cnn or fox news right we got to be very careful that we're you know bipartisan in our criticism of, of garbage news right we okay so you preparing is getting into massive action 
to overcome whatever negative momentum might be coming your direction. You have to swim harder, work harder. And one of the things that we prepared for all of you, and again, I really appreciate all the kind words that you guys are sending us, is the free coaching program. And all you've got to do to get a, be a member of the free coaching program and get the 90-day massive action plan and all the other things we created for you is just text the word survival to 31996. Text the word survival to 31996. Now, I know literally thousands of you have done that over the last 90 days. You've joined the free coaching programs. You've done everything we've asked you to do. And you are, guess what? More prepared now for a changing market than you would have been. And maybe you're more prepared now for than you ever have been. Maybe you're able to save money. You've gotten your financial ducks in a row. That's fantastic. For those of you who are falling behind and are behind the curve with where you should have been preparing and what you should have been doing to prepare, text the word survival to 31996. We're going to text you back. Um, membership credentials to the free coaching program, log in. And the first thing we want you to do is download not only the 90 day massive action plan, but go to the real estate, uh, the massive, the, what is it called? This, what would you call that? 90 day massive action. The plan. other one, the, the survival plan, the survival, no, the no, no. Treasure map. <laughs> These are all there waiting for you. So, no, the, <laughs> the ultimate agent survival guy. I, I was testing you. <laughs> Okay, ultimate agent survival. Ultimate agent, and the first part of the ultimate agent survival guide is the all the things that you can do to take advantage of all the government programs that are there for you to take advantage of. Right. So make sure you guys do that urgently um, and take all this stuff seriously. Look, we're not doom and gloomers. We're not. We are just people that are practical. We're people that, if frankly, if we are just blowing sunshine up your skirt trying to make you feel good, all the while we have in our backs of our minds that we're you're going into essentially a changing market, ill prepared. That, in our opinion is unethical. We are committing coaching malpractice. So we will always have you err on the side of being overly cautious so then you can be overly prepared. Julie's got another story. Yes, I'm not sure exactly what this means, but I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, (laughs) The Fed begins rationing coins as Americans hoard cash. Having closed the U.S. Mint and halted production, blaming COVID-19, after a surge in demand for gold and silver coins and warned of the danger of using bills, once again blaming the pandemic, and choosing to, quote, quarantine cash for the sake of Americans' health, Fed Chair Powell quietly admitted to lawmakers this week that the Fed will be rationing coins as the circulation of coins across the U.S. economy ground to a halt during the pandemic. So uh, they said, until the shortage is resolved, the Fed is taking an unusual step of limiting the amount of quarters, dimes, nickels, and pennies sent to banks to, quote, ensure a fair and equitable distribution of coin inventory. What do you make of that? Uh, did they insinuate that mon- the coinage is made out of silver and gold? Was that what you just read? Because if that's what they said, that article's BS. Oh, no. they Well, they said after a surge in demand for gold and silver. Oh, coins. okay. Got it. It's like I just, they're reacting to that. Right. Yes. Well, so, but that goes to what we talked about yesterday on the Sunday podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to know what, don't listen to what people say, listen to what they do. And there was another report, and we talked about this yesterday on our Sunday podcast, which you guys should definitely be listening to. I'm looking at our statistics right now. 10,000 of you listened to it yesterday, which is great. So the reality of it is, is that uh, there was a surge in people saving uh, money. Now, why are, so people might be saying that they're not anticipating that there's going to be harder times ahead, but based on their behavior, that's how they're behaving. And by the way, that's usually a precursor for a deeper recession is when people stop spending money. When the velocity of money slows down, i.e. people are hoarding and not spending, that is not necessarily good for businesses and even your business. So guys, make sure you're planning accordingly. And also it's incredibly critical that you know no matter what happens in the market next, 
who the president is, what interest rates do, any of those types of things. It doesn't ultimately matter because there'll still be a tremendous need for caring, competent, mostly skilled agents. If you want to learn more about our coaching program, just text the word Harris to 31996. Just text the word Harris to 31996. Next, Julie. All right. Well, I have two things that I love and no things that I hate. So we're trying to even the score with the negative news here. And then I've got to get to Premier Coaching. All right. So uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, you know, most of our listeners are involved with real estate one way or the other. Country Living has this great list, which I think is really interesting to know about 50 of the most famous historic homes in America. And you and I have visited quite a few of these. You know, the Hearst uh, Mansion in California. We've been to the Vanderbilt House in North Carolina, or the Biltmore Estate in North Carolina. Um, some of the Frank Lloyd Wright houses are on here. I, I, you know, you guys are involved in real estate. You should know about historic houses. So that's just really good uh, sort of armchair reading. And that's in countryliving.com. You can find that online. And then something I signed up for because I'm just that nerdy. There's a guy named Chris Hadfield, who is a, an astronaut. He wrote a great book called The Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth. He just came out with a masterclass series of 20 classes where he's actually going through a lot of the things that he learned. That's the astronaut from Canada, right? Yes, that's him. Okay, and uh, one of the things that he says, which sounds a lot like one of our sayings, is, you know, the more you prepare, the less fear you have. Yeah. You know, proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor production. So he's going through that um, astronaut training. He talks about, you know, some of the science of how rockets work. Um, the price of exploration, capsule design, you know, and we've been watching all of the SpaceX stuff. And he, the thing that I like about Chris Hadfield, so if you guys look him up, it's H-A-D-F-I-E-L-D, is that he obviously is a super smart guy, but the way he writes for somebody who is not an astrophysicist is completely understandable and is really good reading, so... I signed up for that. Actually, you just triggered me, and I know you want to go to Premier Coaching. Yep. So those of you who are in uh, the coaching program, head coach Julie is headed off to Premier Coaching. Make sure you listen live. I actually want to tell you something I learned uh, from um, that book. You don't have to listen. You know okay. it. All right. <laughs> All right. Get off to Premier Coaching, Julie Harris. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. All right. So um, in his book, um, and you guys should – Julie and I listened to it. This was a couple years ago. He, he talked about an interesting phenomenon that he discovered when he went from being a fighter pilot into becoming an astronaut. And he said that a lot of the people, he, he claims that, in, I mean, I'm sure he's you know, being uh, correct in his uh, representation. He said he never was given any particular, he, he wasn't born with any higher set of skills or talents. He just was a hard worker. Basically, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. Those types of characteristics. But he said he often would run into people that were naturally gifted or naturally talented, were naturally more athletic, had a natural ability to sustain higher G-forces. They had the, this, you know, an unusually, they're more, you know, easily adapted to the extreme physical environment of being a fire pilot. And a lot of these uh, men had gone through being, uh, you know, great students, going to Ivy League colleges, going to like a Legrand, who is one of my personal coaching clients. I interviewed him for our podcast and he went to Harvard. He went to Yale. He um, was in, he, you know, would join the Marines and became an F-18 single seat fire pilot. And, you know, all these things. So a lot of these guys that have that are fire pilots have been the, you know, the alpha males of alpha males their entire lives. 
And then what happens is when they go to astronaut training, and a lot of you know, they they almost always he said the frequency of these guys getting divorces was shocking. And he was married, and he didn't want to get a divorce. He didn't want to screw up his relationship with his wife. So he describes how he thought about why is it that all these otherwise men, these great men who had had their acts together their entire lives, why is this, why was it that once they be, tried to become astronauts that a large percentage of them were getting divorced? And he concluded, and it was fascinating, and I'll loop this back into help why it's relevant to all of you guys in a second if it's not already obvious, is that he said for the first time in a lot of these guys' lives, they were being challenged. And they're being challenged because becoming an astronaut is a hell of a lot harder than doing any of the things these guys have done before. And for the most part, these guys maybe on a scale of 1 to 10 with 10 or 11 being you know maximum effort, requiring every ounce of you to get through it. These guys were able to get through you know most of the things in their lives as he describes it in his book by you know putting forth an effort of 7 or 8. Maybe occasionally they'd have to ratchet up to maximum effort, but because they were you know innately more equipped to essentially be fighter pilots and do all these other things in their lives, it was somewhat easier for them than Chris Hatfield said it Hatfield said it was for him. And then they're finally faced with their first real challenge, which is trying to make it to become an astronaut. And because they were struggling for the first time ever, they were then trying to find something in their lives that they could feel control of or even to blame. And so they would you know, he said a large percent of them would get divorced. And I thought that was very fascinating because that really does draw direct parallels to a lot of the things that Julie and I see in a real estate market like this. Because what has a tendency to happen, and I want you to think about this, is when your business, if your business, if you choose to let your business go out of control, where you start then creating financial problems, what inevitably happens is people create other problems in addition to their financial business problems. For example, health problems. Maybe they start drinking too much or they start using a controlled substance or they start developing problems with their marriages. I have personally seen this. I'm 50 years old. I've seen this happen with I don't even know how many people. It happens all the time. And why does it ultimately happen? Were there problems, underlying problems with their marriages maybe before? Probably. I mean, you know, marriage is sometimes tough. It is what it is. But were they compounded to a you know 100x because of the fact that they were experiencing financial problems? Maybe for the first time ever, they were questioning or their egos were not able to you know essentially adapt to what the new market was demanding. That most certainly was the reason. If you want to want proof of that, think about the astronauts. They weren't having marital problems, at least not to the point of you know considering divorce. And then all of a sudden, they're being essentially put in these extreme environments where they're questioning for the first time and their egos can't handle the fact that they might not have what it takes. They might not have the right stuff, right? You guys understanding what I'm saying? So that's the reason. That's one of the underlying reasons why when Julie and I are so absolutely maybe too aggressive, frankly, trying to get you guys to be prepared. That's the reason why, because we know you will not experience business hardship in isolation. It will affect other aspects of your life. Because if you all of a sudden do, are worried about your food and your energy and your, you know, where, how you're going to make your car payment, or maybe it doesn't, you know, it isn't that bad, but maybe you're, you're no longer able to pay for the private school for your kid, or maybe you're no longer, you guys get the point, you see all these things all compound, but ultimately, do you see all these things are all in your control? So you have to be, these astronauts were not aware of the fact that they were developing, you know, marital issues. Um, and they were because they were wanting to have a sense of control of something. And you probably will, without being consciously aware, create other problems in your life that compounds your lack of preparedness for this changing market. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you get the point I'm trying to make here? It is critical that you get your act together with your real estate business. It is critical that you do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level now. It is critical that you understand that it is going to require a hell of a lot more work for a longer period of time than maybe you've ever experienced in your life to make it through this next phase in the real estate market. And guess what? The good part is you can do it. The good part is you can do it and not only can you do it, but on the other side of that is everything is better. You're going to experience all kinds of, you know, essentially success, levels of success you couldn't have conceived of. And the reason why is because you will have done something other people weren't willing to do. You will have learned the skills necessary for the new market. And here's a really fascinating thing. The better you become at what you do, the less competition you have. And we all compete, so let's not be let's not even joke about that. But you will be called out on listing appointments, and people will just choose you. I, I, I'm thinking of, for example, I'm thinking of Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson for four or five years in Greenwich, Connecticut, worked his butt off, worked tirelessly, skipped vacations, just did things that, frankly, financially he didn't have to do, but he chose to still do them because he had the goal that he accomplished last year. And now this year, he he's still working hard. He's still making all the right moves. He's still the number one agent in Connecticut, still one of the number eight, uh, single agent. He did $137 or $40 million last year. He's going to do well over $100 million this year, it looks like, even with COVID, right? And the thing is, is he's not backing off. And the business now is coming to him easier because they see the fact that he has become you know, dominant in his marketplace after a relatively short period of time, might I add, in one of the hardest, most competitive markets in the country, all of you guys can do the same thing because of this market. It's one of the many blessings of a changing market like this is all the people that, frankly, remember, we're talking competition here. It's real. Competition is real. All the people that won't adapt, won't learn, will choose to allow themselves to be obsolete. And if you are learning what the new market demands, then you will have business coming to you that you never would have otherwise had a shot at. That's how you build reputation and if you guys want to think you know that's how you ultimately build your brand your brand comes off the essentially the benefit of all the work you've put forth it comes off essentially putting in hours and days of effort maybe a huge amount of work more than you ever would have conceived was you could even do right that's what it's going to take and we're not going to lie to you. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not just going to blow sunshine up your skirt just to make you feel good. We're going to tell you the truth because that's what it's going to take. And guys, it's probably going to be, you know, again, hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. In your minds, don't think it's just going to be like, oh, a couple months and everything's back the way it was. Mentally prepare that this is going to be a longer term uh, recovery phase. And it's going to, you know, require you being elastic in your skill set and your own mindset about your potentiality. Because, again, every single one of you were designed to change, to adapt, to not be complacent. When you try to be complacent or you try to essentially, you know, hope things return to whatever normal is, that's what screws you. Because you're waiting too long to adjust. You're waiting too long to adjust to the market as the buyers and sellers need for you to be. Guys, there's never been, well, there soon will definitely never have been a time when caring, competent, and skilled agents have been more needed. Make sure you're part of that conversation. You don't allow yourself to become obsoleted. 
And I know a lot of you guys are interested in joining EXP. I get texts from you every day. And I, some of you have said, I wasn't clear, Julie, if you and Julie were actually in EXP or whether you guys were just proponents of it. We're absolutely proponents of it, and we're absolutely in EXP Realty. If you want to join our EXP Realty group, if you want to be part of Julie and I's own personal EXP group, all you got to do is text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206, and let's have a conversation. By the way, when we have that conversation, I'm going to ask you a series of really you know, tough, direct questions to make sure that you got your wits about you and make sure this is the right move for you. 99% of the time it is, but just be ready. We're going to have a real coaching call if you're ready to move to eXp. If you're just eXp, EXP Realty curious, just go ahead and text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. In the meantime, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate agents in the nation. Your homework from today's podcast, it is from every podcast we do, is share the podcast with others. Help us get the word out. We certainly appreciate you guys being such loyal daily listeners. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.